Hello and welcome to the Dialogue Fans Radio pre-season 2018 special recorded here from the boardroom at Blackwell Meadows. I don't think anybody knows we're here, but we're just going to persevere and carry on anyway whilst we're on. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, Michael Price. Hi, Stu. Uh, by Northern Echoes' Craig Stoddart. Nothing, Stuart. By Michael Cansfield. Hello. And last but not least, in any way, Kev Love. Hello. So we're at this time of the year where the... We've, we're reflecting on a fantastic summer of World Cup action, England getting to the semi-finals of the World Cup, wonderful summer weather, but the summer really kicks into action now and starts to take us to the beginning of the 2018-2019 season in the Vanarama National League North. So what we've got for you in this podcast, we're going to take a look back at the happenings over the summer, including friendlies at far-flung places like Eindhoven. We're going to ask some of our fans what they think uh, is in store for Darlington, ask them for their predictions and play you what they told us. We're going to go through the new look Darlington squad, looking at some of the players that have left us and some who have joined. Uh, we're going to talk to David Johnson, who's going to give us his opinion on the progress that the club have been able to make over the summer. And Simon Hahn's going to take us through the first month of the season where we play an awful lot of games and he's going to give us the run through of, uh, of what to expect. How does that sound? That sounds all right, doesn't it? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. So let's take a look back at the summer then. And the place we're going to start at the summer, before we start looking at what's happened on the pitch, is we're going to just go back to Eindhoven, which looked like a fantastic trip to all of them, uh, to all of us lot here. Kev, you were there. What did you make of Eindhoven? Yeah, it was great fun, Stu. Um, I think there was a lot of beer drunk. Um, I definitely know there was a lot of beer drunk because <laughs> I woke up on Sunday morning with a, a hangover from hell. Um, yeah, it was a great experience, you know, to follow Darton into a, a European city uh, and watch football surrounded by, you know, a foreign climate. And it was just great fun, mate. It was great fun. Um, and if the club can do that again next season, yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, we'll hear what David Johnson says about that in his interview later on, but it certainly seems likely uh, that we might try and repeat something something similar. It didn't play too bad as well as the other thing that he told me. No, they did play well. Um, I think Tommy said after the game there was a few goals where, you know, it was a little bit sloppy at the back. Um, particularly one of the goals that Einhoven scored. I, I didn't, it came from a free kick, which wasn't a free kick, in my opinion. Um, and you know what? The, the best thing about the game was we, we finished so strongly, you know, in blazing conditions. We really did finish strongly. And I think that's a testament to the lads' fitness, um, you know, especially at that stage during pre-season. We played some decent football. There was definitely a lot of uh, positives to be taken, not just on the pitch, but also off the pitch as well. Very good stuff. And Craig, as you've sat there, obviously you're dead quiet over the summer, not really got very much work to do at all, I wouldn't have thought, at the echo through the season. But I'm sure you've kept an eye on the comings and goings at the club. What do you make of the summer business and summer happenings at Darlington? Yeah, it's been quite a chain round, hasn't it? Uh, Tommy's made um, six signings and a lot of players have gone. Twelve, I think it is, what we're saying. Added to the number of changes in in the middle of last season, so Tommy's done quite a lot, quite a lot of movement. Um, I think this, yeah, on paper he's made some very good signings on paper, and we'll see what comes. I think that some of them have got a bit of a, a point to prove, or hopefully there's a bit of hunger there. Players that weren't playing at their previous club, maybe, or weren't playing at all for any club. In in the case of Alex Henshaw, who hasn't played since November time, I think it is when he left Nuneaton. So uh, we shall see what Tommy can put together this season. Plenty of comings and goings, Michael. Any of the pre-season friendlies or any of the results that have caught your eye? I know we're not able to, in, in summer holiday time, get to all of them, but what, what's caught your eye about this summer's activities? Uh, well, I suppose the one bit for me is that obviously there's a sad going of a few, a 
few favoured players of Darlington, the Browns and the Turnbulls and uh, Gillies and the, uh, all the others that have gone. I was just talking to Terry Galbraith. He's, he's quite lonely on the journey <laughs> to matches now as he's lost his northeast buddies, although apparently Johnny Madison's uh, Chesley Street, so that's a bit better. But I suppose friendlies-wise, I suppose the obvious one is Sunderland, but it's hard to read anything. In, it's a friendly, but... And Sunderland are going through transition, but it looks like there's some formation there. There's a, it still looks like there's a bit of fitness to be had by some of them, to be honest. But we'll wait and see. You, the fire will be told on uh, on uh, Saturday, won't it? It doesn't, Mike. Um, I know it's hard to tell on a day like this in the Legends game or anything like that. But if you take a look at what you've read and what you've heard, are there any of the players that you're looking forward to watching in black and white this season? Um, I think probably looking forward to seeing um, how all of them do. Obviously, Simon Ainge comes with uh, quite a reputation as a prolific goal scorer uh, after he moved up into that position at Harrogate and, and, and bagged an absolute hatful. Had his injury problems, um, as a couple of the new signings have, but if we can keep them fit and keep them, as Craig said, hungry, then I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do for us. And uh, there were some good performances today. I mean, you know, it's you know sort of a, a charity-friendly almost. It's... It's difficult to read too much into any pre-season friendly, and especially today. But I think you know we did really well, and there's uh, there's cause for optimism. Very good. Well, what we decided to do uh, through this episode is rather than painstakingly going through all of our predictions for the season and telling you exactly where we think Darling will finish and who the good players will be, only to be spectacularly proved wrong at the end of the season, we've all decided to spare you that one. So we've done a sealed envelope contest in this uh, podcast room, where each of the contributors here have predicted in uh, in total secrecy who they think will win the league this season, where Darlington will finish, who the top scorer will be and who the player of the season will be. Uh, and we thought we'd ask some people who know more about all this than us. So earlier on today at the Legends match, a couple of us went round and asked some of our fans who, what they think the answer to those questions will be and uh, have a listen, see what they said. We go with today's first predictions for this season. So the first question is, where are Darlow going to finish this season? First. Darlow are going to finish first or second. First or second. And who do you think is going to be top scorer? Stoich. Stoich. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think is going to be player of the season? Um, Tomo. And who is? Who do you think is going to win the league if Darlow don't? Brackley. Brackley, good answers. And you, sir, what do you think? Where are Darlow going to finish? Uh, top of the league, obviously. And who's going to be top scorer? Um, Stage. And player of the season? Jordan Nicholson. Oh, good one. And if Darlow don't win it, who's going to win the league? Uh, York. York, York. York. No, okay, thanks. Who do you think uh, is going to win the league this season, if not Darlow? I've got an outside a bit of Southport. They seem to be flinging a bit of money about, so it wouldn't surprise me. They've got a half decent. They went full time, I think. All right. So I think, I think they're thereabouts. And um, where do you see Darlow finishing? I'll be happy with the playoffs, but I've, I can see he's consolidating his place. Probably his fifth, sixth, maybe. Get a good start, and we'll, I think we'll keep ourselves there. All right. Uh, top goal scorer? For Darlow, it's just got to be Sage, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I reckon so as well. And uh, player of the season? I, look, I like to look for um, Alex Henschel over in Eindhoven and he's showed a bit again today he's look, looking half decent so I think if he can get off the right foot he's, he's going to surprise a few people and then uh, uh, maybe we'll sign up start in the ball today as well alright great thanks a lot <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, so, just who we'll start with? Where do you think Darlow are going to finish this season? Uh, I think we'll get make the playoffs. All right, great. And do you think we'll uh, make it out of them if we actually finish in the top seven? I think we 
every chance. I think with our uh, support, I think we can uh, we can win any uh, any playoff game. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a lottery, isn't it? At the end of the season, always a chance. So, who do you think is going to win the league then? Open. I, I wouldn't say there's any clear favourites. Uh, I mean, Stockport are the uh, bookies' favourites, but uh, I don't know. I don't think Brackley are going to do much this year, so I don't know. It's hard to say. All right, Dallas top scorer this season? Uh, Stage. I don't know, Ainge maybe, uh, maybe, maybe uh, give him a, a run for his money. And last one player of the season? I know. Player of the season. Um, uh, Tom, Tom. Alright, great. Thanks a lot. Okay. So, we'll go for first one. Where are Dalo going to finish this season? Seven, no, eighth. Eighth, okay. Yeah. And who's going to win? Playoffs. Who's going to win the league? Kidderminster. Alright. Southport, a close second. Top goal scorer for Dalo? Oh, I'm going to go Tomo. Right, and let the uh, noise die down a bit first. I'm only recording this on my phone after all. <laughs> Player of the season. Henshaw. Henshaw? Yeah. Decent shout. All right. That was easy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dallas of a finishing position this season. I'm going to go for six. Six, all six right. Place. And who's going to win the league? Uh, do you know what? Southport. Southport or Kidderminster. Southport or Kidderminster. Top scorer for Dallas this season? Between Stash and Range. Can't really pick between them. Probably Stash again. Player of the season? Ben O'Hanlon. All right, okay. So there you go. That's what the experts think here at Blackwell Meadows today. And generally speaking, I'd say that's a what would you? I think I'd consider that as cautious optimism. Would you agree, Mike? You did uh, a lot definitely, of those. Definitely, yep. Um, thanks to those who uh, who were willing to talk to us for that one. And I think yeah, playoffs was the main was the main aim for most. Um, Stacey's top scorer and uh, varied answers on who's going to win the league. I think that shows how maybe open it is, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I think cautious optimism is a good way of putting it cautious optimism and of course I'm not going to ask any of you individually what you put for those predictions because when we get to the end of season podcast we'll be able to open those envelopes and see who uh, see, who how, was, wrong we see how wrong we were yeah and uh yeah, we'll have Is to it a prize for if whoever gets the most right? That's a really good question, Mike. Actually, I was meaning to mention about a prize. I can absolutely clarify that there is not a prize. <laughs> Just the glory. Just yes, the glory. The, the smug feeling of being correct. <laughs> so let's have a think about on the pitch then, because we've got a lot, as, as Craig said earlier, we've got a whole bunch of new players this season, starting, Craig, with uh, with a new goalkeeper. Johnny Madison, yeah, it's uh, not a bad signing on paper. League one, league is it League one or League two? He was that last season? It was Yeovil, wasn't it? Yeovil, Yeovil, Yeovil Town, yeah, that's that's where he was last season. I know initially he wasn't um, in Tommy's thinking. There was uh, other options, one very familiar to Downton fans, obviously. But things change, priorities change. You know that's how things happen in, in the summer in transfers. It's um, it's like buying a house you're never quite sure what's happening until it's signed and sealed and you, you don't really know which players are coming and going until it's there in black and white 
So in the end, he didn't. He, he's got Madison. He, he became available, and um, and what we've seen so far in pre-season, he's been. He looked. He's looked very good. Very assured. Uh, handling. His handling's been been excellent. Uh, six, 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 three, six, four. He might be. Um, and as it, and as he's a a young goalkeeper, you'd like to think there's a bit of improvement in him still to come. Whereas if you go for a tried and tested veteran, if you like, at this level, um, it might be a mistake or two. But he's not going to get any better, he imagine. Whereas a whereas a young goalkeeper, he'd like you to think, Andy Collett, the goalkeeping coach, can get some improvement out of him, and um, we'll, we'll see what comes. You never know. He might this might be the springboard for him to to move on back in back into the league. We shall see. And a good track record with goalkeepers recently as well. Two goalkeepers, of course, former Darling goalkeepers at the World Cup, doing uh, doing themselves yeah. no harm. So hopefully we start to be known as a hotbed of goalkeeping talent maybe I know that um, Madison knows Schmeichel funnily enough Casper Schmeichel uh, texted Madison when he signed for Darlington to, to say oh well done uh, and I, I also made my I made my senior debut with Darlington he told Madison that because um, they, were, they were teammates at Leicester so there's a bit of a connection there. I didn't know the Northern Echoes into this phone hacking stuff as well mine Craig. Absolutely yeah <laughs> rather than for years <laughs> but please keep it quiet. I will do. Yeah. Nobody listens to this story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah promising, promising signing. And, and Andy Collett, you mentioned there, back at the club as well. Yeah, another change, as well as, well as the changes on the pitch, off the pitch as well, the staff have changed a, a little bit. Um, yeah, it's, I suppose it's like any club, really. I get, you get a lot of changes in the summer, new players, new staff, new strip. Optimism, here we go again. Exactly. And Mike Price, you've been having a look at uh, how our defensive options look for the season. What, what's uh, taken, caught your eye out of that defend, defensive pool that we've got? I have. Uh, obviously, we've had a, a few outgoings. We've, uh, we've lost Brown Burgess and, and Heaton's gone to St Mirren. But uh, only one new name uh, in the squad is, uh, is uh, Johnny Byrne. Um, Heaton replacement, possibly. And obviously a local lad, born in Darlow. Uh, left Bristol Rovers last season, spent some time on, York, uh, on loan at York. Uh, we've got him now. And uh, again, alongside the, the more established names, I suppose, you've got Galbraith, obviously, who's been here forever, it seems, relative to how long some players stick around at clubs these days. You've got Trotman, came in last season, did very well, and O'Hanlon as well. Forks, one for the future, maybe. He's going to get his chances this season. Um, Dom Collins came in last season, struggled with injuries a bit, but another one who's maybe... He's, Got a little bit to prove still because of you know he, he lost he, he lost a, a few opportunities last season through injury. Um, it's a good it's a good six. Very happy with them. Um, we'll see what Tommy does. I think he's still trying to decide. Looking at the lineups in pre-season between Collins and Byrne, I think he's fairly settled on Galbraith, O'Hanlon, and Trotman. And then you've got Jack Vaux who'll come in. I mean he may go out on loan, depending on how we're looking sort of squad depth wise. Maybe with only six defenders that. Doesn't feel like such a good option at the moment. Vox will get his chance here. But, uh, yeah, very happy with the business we've done over the summer. Obviously, sad to see some players leave, but we've signed a great player in Johnny Byrne and we've got a great five alongside him, so I'd be happy with, with any uh, any back four that we go with. Good, good. I was talking to Tommy early. He doesn't think that the Dom Collins injury is too bad, uh, so that's promising news. And Johnny Byrne, as you said, is the sign-in there. Darlington lad, played at a higher level, still young and some time to improve as well. Looks like a good sign-in. Well, we'll see, because uh, being in York, he wasn't setting the world alight there. But fingers crossed, he's back at his home club. That might just inspire him a bit more to, to get in there. Plus, it should be sad to see Chris Hunter go as well. That was another good good defender that we had. But we should get, hopefully get some decent run of form, uh, decent games with the injury that he obviously had. 
absolutely. So back, Mike, Mike Price has given it a, a, a tick of approval for uh, his assessment of the defenders there. Kev, you've been having a look at the options in midfield for this season. What do you what do you make of it? Yeah, the midfield's interesting. Uh, it's been a few outgoings, hasn't there? Leon Scott's gone. Uh, Phil Turnbull's gone. Uh, Josh Gillies is gone. Um, some interesting departures amongst there. I think uh, Phil Turnbull departure to South Shields and maybe surprised a few people. Um, I think with the age he's at, uh, with the year still left on his contract, I think everybody knew he was going to go to South Shields eventually at the end of his contract, wasn't he? So if we've managed to gain a little bit of income from that, then I think we've probably done a decent bit of business. Um, I think for the, the players we've bought in, um, we've got Liam Hughes in there, who I think looks an absolute unit from the, the pre-season games I've seen him in. Um, you know, when, when, you, when you saw him signed, you thought, is he, is he sort of an attacking midfielder or, or what? And I think looking at him, I think it's going to be interesting with him and Joe Wheatley because I, I think they can both do the attacking phase of the game quite well. Um, but I think they can also defend as well. So if they can get, you know, a bit of communication between the pair of them, you know, perhaps when Hughes is bombing forward, uh, Joe Wheatley will stay back. When Wheats is going forward, Liam Hughes will stay back. So... I think that's interesting to see how that, that one develops. Um, I know there's been a, a couple of trialists in midfield as well, hasn't there, recently? So maybe the entire midfield reshuffle isn't quite finished yet. We don't know. Yeah, I think midfield's maybe the area where I'm still I'm not quite exactly sure how that will look in the start of the season. We'll, we'll know in a little under a week's time, won't we, how that shape looks and how the personnel looks. But there's options in there, isn't there? Yeah, I, th I think looking throughout the squad, I think there's more options this season. I think towards the end of last season, we maybe were a little bit one-dimensional. Um, without treading on other people's toes, you know, the, the lights of age up front gives you that option to go a bit more direct now. And I think we, I think the routes are going to be a little bit less predictable this time. I got the feeling last season, you know, if uh, Stacey got marked out the game, then maybe we were struggling a little bit, but I don't think that's going to be the case this year. And still some youth in there as well, even though Hughes is coming as the more experienced head. You've still got Joe Wheatley, who's still young. Mm -hmm. You've still got Mitchell Glover, who's now 17, who'll be looking to try and make an impression this season. Well, I was going to say, Mitchell Glover, I mean, it's, um wouldn't say it's a massive season for him because he's still really, really young, but I think it's an important season for him because he's going to get more game time, certainly this year. Um, I don't know if he'll be starting week in, week out, but he's certainly going to get time off the bench. Um, yeah, he, he looks a real prospect. You know, every time people watch him you know the club who who are from outside the club and watch him they all say Mitchell Glover you know he looks a hell of a player so yeah he's definitely one for the future good and Mike you've been uh, you've been taking a look at the attacking options haven't you and Kev just uh, mentioned one or two of them there what do you make what do you make of the attack for this season you've had a look at them uh, well, it's uh, it's an interesting lineup. I mean, obviously, we've got Stash back. Uh, he's with a new hair, with another haircut. Hopefully, he's the is uh, <laughs> still the the new look is still going to work with scoring the goals. The Ainge is the interesting one. I'm never entirely sure about these centre halves who become strikers. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at uh, Stodds to start out to remember me. I think it's Chris Sutton. Who else? This famous player who's played centre half and gone up front. Paul Warhurst on the microphone. Paul Warhurst, yeah, that's the thing. But Ainge is just a, he's a, he's a big, powerful striker. And we've got Steich's uh, big, powerful striker. So that's going to be quite a lineup. And if you think of last season, I don't know where... Did Steich finish second top in the league or third? Yeah, or was he top? Yeah, near enough, yeah. Okay. And Ainge was in there as well. So on paper, that's not a bad lineup. Uh, and obviously Harvey Saunders, another year in, another year older. Maybe keeping that speed going. 
He scored a good. He was looked like he played well against Sunderland. So fingers crossed that we get a bit more out of Harvey as well. And then obviously you've got Thompson, who's uh, who seems to be playing every single position for us this season, like he did last. Uh, I think that's a, I think that's the main line. Oh, Jordan Nicholson looks uh, quite handy. That deep line number ten. It looks like there's there's goals in the team, doesn't it? It also looks like there's options whether you can play three up front or two up front this year as well, doesn't it? With the personnel that they've got there, they've got pace and they've also got strength as well up top. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, well, clearly Tommy's trying to recreate the some of the success he had at Nuneaton with uh, players like Henshaw, who he rates really highly, uh, and Jordan Nicholson, who scored again, scored here, scored at the Blackwell Meadows for Nuneaton 18 months ago. So, yeah, those are really tricky, quick, Young players, Henshaw and, and Nicholson, uh, and we, we'll see what they can bring. Um, certainly, it's looking like a Tommy, Tommy Wright squad now, much more than it did uh, nine, ten months ago. Much more. Well, I was going to say it's definitely Tommy's squad now, isn't it? Um, you know, he's been here a good while now. He's he's made a lot of changes, especially during the summer. So it's definitely his squad now, and it's, it's going to be interesting, like you say, to see how we line up because we we played with the formations and the systems a little bit during pre-season, so. I mean, I, I was a fan of the system we finished with last season. To be honest, we would have won up top, but I don't. It doesn't look like we're going to be persevering with that system. I think at the moment, I think he's he's got more forwards. The likes of Simon Ainge and Reece Dice aren't, aren't going to sit on the bench. Either. They're they're here to play alongside each other. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of system we line up with. Yeah, the one thing I suppose you always think about when you're trying to assess an, a, a forward line: Would you like to play against them if you were a centre back? And I must admit, if I was coming up against any of the th any of the combination of three up there, but Ainge and Stacey are going to give you a headache, aren't they? And then if if Harvey's on or some of the other quick lads, if you're classing Tomo or a, a, as a midfielder or an attacker, but you, there's there's pace in there as well. Yeah, the point you make there: Would you like to play against them? I, I spoke to Simon Ainge. Uh, we used to be a defender, and I said, "What do you remember about playing against Free Stitch?" And you can imagine, you know, the kind of answer I can't say on here. It's family show, <laughs> but um, yeah. So the pair of them together must have been a nightmare. So yeah, they'll cause problems physically, um, and, and obviously around those two, we, uh, as I say, Henshaw and uh, Henshaw and, and Nicholson will bring something. And going back to what Kev said in midfield, uh, Hughes, I mean, he's a big lad, isn't he? I wouldn't fancy taking on, taking on him in midfield either because apart from being a big lad and a competitor he's got ability as well he can play the ball around so hopefully he will be uh, someone who can well ideally wanting to dominate a game don't you that's the position that's the kind of player he can be hopefully he'll be able to do that good track record but played, played for some good clubs recently yeah well Billy Ricky, Billy Ricky got promoted last season um, he's had a bit of a nomadic last couple of years two or three clubs Barrow, Gargely and then Billy Ricky but before that, he was a big part of things at Cambridge when they got promoted from the National League. Um, so you'd like to think he's going to settle down here now and, and have a good, have a good, make an impact for the for the season. I bet he's got some interesting stories to tell of Billy Ricky. Then that should be interesting. But he's got some big shoes to fill up from the man, Mr. Turnbull himself, of uh, the, that ability for him to move on the ball. Yeah, he's got a great touch, which is a good start to it all. But uh, yeah, there's there's a there's a big onus on him because he's still got a very young lad on, alongside him in Joe Wheatley. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I must admit, I, I, if he's listening to this, he'd probably kill me. But I mean, I'm in an XL in these home shirts now. And I, I don't know what Hughes must be in. He must be he's a couple of sizes up from me, that's for sure. What are you saying, Stuart? Can you just elaborate I, on this I, point? What I'm saying is Puma's fit is extremely tight, is what I'm saying. And, and, and Hughes, that's my point. And Hughes is what? Is yeah. the example of that. Okay. From a fashion and fabric point of view. You're, that's not, being, what I'm you're not being offensive in any way here, are not you? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I'll tell you what, if I need a medium shirt, then there's something really, really wrong. Yeah. 
something like that. Yeah, well, we'll have to figure out how that one goes. We, we talked a little bit around uh, players leaving as well, and you mentioned Hunter and Brown and Gillies. And uh, the other guy in terms of business over the summer was Josh Heaton. I don't think we mentioned him in that roundup earlier, did we? Josh Heaton off to St Mirren. Uh, David Johnson said there were a couple of clubs who were serious about him. Um, and I don't, I don't think it's fully been confirmed the the transfer value, but the strong rumour was seventy five thousand plus add-ons, wasn't it? What do you think about that as a piece of business? It's ideal for all concerned, isn't it? I mean, yeah. no complaints really. Down benefit uh, clearly. Josh Josh Heaton benefits Saint Mirren do. Everyone's happy. Everyone's a winner, except that clearly you hope that the replacement that Down have brought in Johnny Byrne. Uh, you hope that he steps up to the plate and is a, is good or can do can do a job for for Downton. Um it's quite weird how it worked out going to St Mirren because I know that Alan Stubbs last season uh, was scouting for Middlesbrough and watched Josh Heaton for Middlesbrough and then fast forward a couple of months and he gets a St Mirren job and who's he, who's he signed? Josh Heaton so uh, I don't know what Middlesbrough thought of that but uh, I'm not sure if he'd have ever been good enough for Middlesbrough maybe he would maybe he wouldn't I don't know but um, yeah Josh Heaton good luck to him I think to be honest with you it's a great move for all parties I know we lose I know we lose a great player but uh, going to Going to St Mirren, I think, is a great move for him and a great move potentially for us because he's going to get game time there. Make no mistake about that. He's going to play football. Um, and the other thing is, as well, if he, if he does well at St Mirren, you've got a fancy, you know, maybe one of the old firm will have a look at him. Maybe a championship club will come in for him. And, you know, undoubtedly we'll have sell-on clauses as well in there. So, yeah, if he does well and he gets a move on, which you would fancy he would, you know, then we're, we're going to be in uh, quids in, as they say. Um, but yeah, good luck to him. He's a, he's a nice lad and he deserves to do well. Absolutely, we wish him all all well. He certainly was excellent prospect looked at the end of uh, last season, so we all wish him well. I might go and keep a close eye on St Mirren's uh, performances this season, see if he can uh, keep 50 clean sheets in a row or something like that and get a big money move, <laughs> that'd be good. The other guys, Mike, who went to the V9 Academy with Josh Heaton were Luke Trotman and... Joe Wheatley, they still remain good prospects down here, don't they, as well? Definitely. Um, I mean, I I expected at least one of the three to move. Um, I echo what Craig and Kev have said. I think we've got a very good deal um, for Josh Heaton, if the rumoured figures are correct. You know, we've got a good upfront fee there, and we will have some sort of clauses, probably sell on, um, probably sell on clauses a decent percentage if he if he gets the big move. I mean, I always think. I always use Chris Smalling as the example for some reason when I'm thinking of defenders who've made that move. He obviously was at Maidstone, moved to Fulham and then went to Manchester United and I believe Maidstone made a, a fair chunk out of that. Um, but Joe and Luke, um, I would have been delighted to see them moving up the ladder. I think they are they are capable of playing higher levels, but at the same time, I am delighted that they've, uh, they've remained Darlow players and uh, I expect they will do very well this season. Um, keep themselves in that shop window, and who knows what may happen? We may get, you know, we may get clubs on the phone during the season about them, um, and uh, they may move on. And as long as you know the deal again is right for all concerned, good luck to them. Good, good stuff. I'm going to put you on the spot. I ask you for a question. If you look at this, if you look at the squad now as a whole compared to the squad this time last season, so cast your mind back there. I'll give you a few things. I'll give you a few seconds to think where this question's going. Uh, which one would you take? Ask me in nine months' time. I'll tell you when, <laughs> yeah. what Craig said. Yeah, it's too early. <laughs> We've hardly seen any of these new signings. It's yeah, well, you're all so you're all so I don't know on the fence. I'm so on the fence on this. Well, I I yeah. I I'm gonna go back and say I think we're in a stronger position. Hmm. So it's always smart to ask. I think it's, it's obviously we we raised a lot of money through Boost the Budget. Um, I think Tommy 
um, on paper at least, uh, appears to have spent it very wisely. Yes, it's a smaller squad, um, but what we've got in there is a lot of pace, a lot of prospects and a lot of versatility. You know, we may only have six defenders, um, but you've got Galbraith who can play at left back if need be. You've got Collins who can play at right back if need be. So, you know, we've got, we can, we can carry an injury or two um, without things becoming critical. Um, I think there was only maybe 16 players in the team photo this season. Um, one missing who we expect will probably move on fairly soon. Um, but to answer the question, um, I would take this season's squad. Yeah, me too. There was so much turmoil last summer, wasn't there, with all everything that was going on. I don't mm. think he had a fair crack at trying to build a squad last year, and we end up panic signing some people, I think, to try and keep them. Uh, it feels as if it's been done more under our control this year, under Tommy's control, I would say. Yeah. It's been almost uh, clinical with the way it's been done. He signed every all six signings so far. I'll say that with an asterisk because there's been a trialist around. But the six signings he made so far were all in before the first pre-season friendly, and that was clearly because Tommy wanted everybody in as soon as possible to, to train and to play and to go iron over and, and, and basically build a new unit, build a new squad. So that clearly boards well. It's much, been much more um, organised, if you like, th this summer. It just feels as though Tommy has, has got the players that he wanted. He's built the team that he wanted. Uh, and now we'll see what happens in the next few months. I think the geography as well is an interesting bit as well because obviously he's, he's used a lot of connections from the Midlands but we've got players spread out across the M62 and down to Leicester and Birmingham and what have you. It's uh, That must say something. They're, they're prepared to travel up to Darlington three times a week to play. <laughs> so you can only but hope. Yeah, and, and one of the things I think that's contributed to that and the fact we can attract those players, actually we should mention now because I don't think we did last time out at the end of the season, is the remarkable work done by the supporters group and the fans to contribute over 80,000, was it 86,000? to the booster budget appeal and I think that was first of all tremendous from Darlington's fans on the one hand but also all credit to the supporters group for creating a good campaign there with the rewards that were available and things like that as well so that's allowed hasn't it Tommy to do some of that clinical planning ahead of time uh, yeah that was tremendous work and I'd, it can't be many clubs at this level who would have been able to raise that kind of money uh, was it what was the time span? Was it two months or something, or less than that? Um, it was about two months, yeah. About, about two months. It was uh, obviously. It also helped out in bringing Simon Ainge. That was another another thing that, uh, that, that it did. So all, all going back to last season, it was actually a, a productive year on the pitch and 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 off the pitch because of uh, what the what the club was able to do. Um, there's now obviously there's issues as regards Blackwell Meadows, and we shall see where we are in in, in the future. Uh, time will tell. Absolutely, there's still maybe uh, you know it's not quite closed or quite finalised all of those discussions. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of months. I think in the timeline that David Johnson had said around sports villages and things like that, we'll uh, I'm sure we'll hear something on that in the in the summer months, as he said that he would. So that's speaker. Well, that seems like a good link to me. Uh, talking, we uh, had the chance to talk to Darlington CEO. David Johnson, who was fresh from making a substitute appearance in the Legends game today, uh, making a couple of firm challenges uh, from the full-back position. And uh, we caught up with him uh, a little earlier and asked him how he would assess uh, the summer's work and, and where the football club are right now. So we're joined here on the Darlington Fans Radio podcast by Chief Executive Officer David Johnson. David, first question, I think, just after the Legends game there. One blatant penalty, was it two? 
No, <laughs> I, I, I think the referee got that completely wrong. I played the ball, and then I caught the man. He screamed. The referee played on for at least 15 seconds, then he decided to award a penalty. Now, it's either a penalty or it's not, and I played the ball. Ask Alan White. White, he said, fair challenge. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking by him. It was a good tackle. <laughs> did, you, did you enjoy it? You got 15 minutes yeah, out there. Was yeah, it good? I really enjoyed it. I've been, I've been pitching over a year. You know, 53-year-old now, and... Um, I haven't had back surgery this year because of all the sport. Um, I didn't think I'd go to a football field again. I've enjoyed that. It's been good. Good, good. And there's uh, been a couple of enjoyable things at the club lately, hasn't it? It looked like everybody enjoyed the trip to Eindhoven. How did you sum that one up? And what was that experience like to be part of? Uh, Eindhoven was brilliant. Um, fair play to Tommy for organising and fair play to PSV De Jong for, for hosting us. It was a fantastic trip. Um, the lads played really well. They were unlucky in a 3-1 defeat. Um, I was actually sitting on the stand with Mark van Bommel and, he, you know, it, it was... It was um, the boys played well, and I think we surprised them. But the, for me, the fans behaved themselves impeccably. They came to support the club. They enjoyed themselves on the night time. You know, some of the atmosphere, singing and dancing in the pubs, it was, it, was, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And it was good for the fans to mix with the players. Um, the players mixing with the fans. It, it, it just cements what we are as a football club. Absolutely. And, uh, I think, you know, next year we've got to try something. You know, we can go back there. PSV want us back, but we'll see. Tommy's got a lot of contacts in this game, and... Um, It'll be interesting to see where we go, but that was certainly a, 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 a fantastic weekend. Mind, I th <laughs> it took me four or five days to recover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, that 15 minutes might take yeah, you four yeah, or five yeah, yeah. days to recover as well. <laughs> That's true. And uh, season kicks off next week, obviously, Kurz yep. and Ashton at home. How are you feeling about where we are as a club now compared to this time last season, the week before the season, on and off the pitch? Well, to be honest, um, it's been a, a, a very, very challenging year, as I said before. We've had... Um, you know, massive change, and really, you know, when when Tommy and Alan came in, and and we had to change the squad round. But if you look at the last 16 games last season, we averaged 1.73 points a game. We'd have finished third, and I think we've improved the squad since then. Um, Tommy's done really well in the transfer market. Brought a lot of quality in. Uh, I'm really excited about the season. We've backed him in the transfer market. Um, I hope the fans. I want to see gates increase. Be fantastic, but I think we've got a real chance this year. We, we, I'll be disappointed if we're not in the playoff places all season. You know, we've got enough quality across the park now. Um, there's a lot of football league clubs looking at some of our players, which is which is excellent for the for the club, isn't it? And excellent also trying to attract players in. And if you look uh, compared to this time last year off the pitch as well, with some of the f I don't know whether we've got any headroom now. We've been able to move a few players out. I know you're always going to tell me we operate on the on the razor, but are you feeling comfortable about well, where we are as a club off the pitch? For the first time in five years, we're debt free. Um, and if you think what's happened this year, you know, last, look at last season, manager went, uh, all the coaching staff went, um, had to change, bring players in, had to change the squad. We built a stand. We finished in you know mid table um, after you know first was Tommy changed the style of football. It took a while for the guys to get used to that. You know, I think last season was 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 actually quite a success. You know, we we we. We consolidated our position. We've improved the squad, and this season I'm very, very excited. We're debt free, you know, and that's important for Darlington Football Club. We've got to have a sustainable business, and that's you know the one thing I will, I'll look to uh, to do while I'm here. It'll, it'll be to make sure that we, you know, the club never gets into financial difficulty again. Absolutely, and if you look at it, one of the things we talked about last time was the grown relationship between the club and the supporters group and the board of the supporters group. That seems to be continuing to flourish. We've got things like the um, the booster budget scheme. We've got things plenty of plenty of work going on with yeah. the supporters group. That still seems to be really positive. It's it is, you know, and I'm I'm really enjoying working with um, with Chris Stockdale. Um, he, he he now understands what running the football club is. He's he's, he's had his eyes open to literally wow, this is, this is what it's all about. And, you know the financial challenges, but he's great. Um, 
he's very sensible. He, he's, he's been very supportive of me. Um, so the, the relationship between um, the supporters group and, and the board is, is, is excellent. And, you know, long may it continue. Um, we've got some key challenges. We need more revenue in. Commercially, we're not doing, the, you know, we're not doing enough. Um, and that's a huge, huge challenge for us. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident about the future of this football club. And I think, you know, success on the field will, will bring success off the field as well. We'll get more people coming through the door. And, and um, it'll, it'll bring the revenues in that we need. Some exciting signings come into the club. Tommy and Alan did a lot of business quite early. Do you think that work's pretty much done now before the season? Has the squad pretty much yep. how it's going to be? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we brought in some players. I mean, bringing Simon Ainge in from, you know, from Harrogate. Um, I, I could talk on the finances of what Harrogate would offered for him last year. You know, they turned a bit of 50 grand down for him. Um, and then, you know, I, I won't say what we paid to get him in here, but I tell you what, him and Stacey up front, they're going to terrorise defences. Um, you know, that's Tommy Tom wants to play some attacking football. We've got, you know, you've got two great full backs in, in Ben, and I think I think it'll be a great season for Ben. Trots it right back. You know, two attacking full backs are going to overlap, and, um, and you know, the quality of the middle of the park, I mean, that's a big, big competition in there. Uh, you've got players in there who, I mean, Hughes looks a player, he can pass a ball. Uh, we've got Wheats, you know, he can bomb on all day. You know, there's, there's, you, just, you, you name it, there's, there's, there's quality everywhere. Um, and I think once once Hench settles down on the, on, um, gets over that bad hamstring he had, uh, you saw his goal today, 30 yards smashed in. Uh, the boy can do that. He can do that. He scores some worldies. Yeah, good. Just a couple of last things for me, then I'll let you get back yeah. as well. Um, Josh Heaton, bit of business over the summer. I'm sure th- the rumour was there was a number of clubs interested in, but presumably you're pleased with the way that that transaction went, and you're <laughs> going to have a St Mirren scarf around your neck. There was two. There was two clubs who were serious. Um, and to be perfectly honest, uh, I was delighted he's gone to St Mirren. The other club, um, I think, it'd been difficult to get a sell on before. Um, because it, w- it would have been, it would probably going down the league rather than up the leagues. Um, so I think with St Mirren, if he goes there and plays very well, um, we get we get you know more money on appearances, and the selling clause we've got with St Mirren is fantastic, and it's great that you know Josh deserves it. He, he came in it really really well, and I hope it's a success up there, and I hope it sends a signal to other young players who maybe coming out of the pro game to say actually Darlington can get you back into full time game. Um, we've got players of this, as I say, there's a lot of football league clubs looking at some of the players we've got on our side now, which is great news. You know, we, and that, that's my biggest worry is we'll, we could lose some of our our guys to, to football league clubs, but if they do, they'll go for good money, and that's good for Darlington Football Club. And then you know, the, Tommy knows the, the he knows football inside out, he knows the leagues, he knows who we'd bring in if the ones that are being watched do move on. He knows who's bringing in already. Great stuff, David. Thanks very much. Thanks for spending a few times with us here on the podcast. And uh, we're all excited and looking forward to the season ahead. So thanks a great deal. Well, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited about this, this, this season and also the style of football we're playing. And I'd like to think that you know, the fans will, will, will increase the gates this year and uh, hopefully we'll be um, up there at the top, you know, competing at the top of the league. I'm scared of nobody in this league. Nobody in this league. And that's, um, you know, last season you could see there were sides with big budgets and whatever. I think we've got as good as anything on, out there in this league this season. I'll be disappointed if we're not in the playoffs. We'll have a more exciting season down here than the Willis and James's Park, David. I think you're in the right place. <laughs> well, funny enough, I haven't taken my season tickets out of Newcastle yet. Uh, after 42 years of being a season ticket holder, I haven't taken them out. And my wife's saying, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? She says, I want to go much much And That's the wife. She want to go much Darlton. I want to go much Darlton. And it's much more. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I said, well, you know, we could do that. And hopefully I'll get to a few more away games. Um, I'm sure Newcastle are going to come knocking on my door and say, come on, Dave, come back in the director's box and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know. At the moment, my, my thoughts are here. Great stuff. Thanks again, David. I hope your legs are okay in the morning, not too stiff. Oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine, yeah. I don't know about, this, not about what you call him. Um, was it Clinton Morris? I don't know who it was, but I hope he's okay in the morning as well. He's waiting for you outside the door, actually. <laughs> better go. Thanks you, a better, lot, you better bring a couple of friends with him. <laughs> yeah, all right. Take <laughs> care. Cheers. Take Cheers. Care. Thanks. Bye-bye. 
So thanks to David Johnson for spending some time with us after after as he was rehydrating after his uh, performance on the balcony at Blackwell Meadows. And we're always grateful when he can drop in and spend some time with us. And generally speaking, chaps, I think pretty positive assessment from the CEO, would you say? Yes, yeah. I would. Yeah, so. We both, we both well, that's good. That's <laughs> nice. Kev, yeah, happy with what he's had yeah, to say. very much, uh, especially about being debt-free. That's, it's uh, nice to hear that, uh, especially after all the the summer wheeling and dealing we've been doing. So that, that's positive to hear. And, uh, yeah, really, really positive assessment. I think we're in a good place. Yeah, I don't know if you've had a chance to review the footage or not, but I said earlier at the beginning of the interview, obviously, it looked like a stormwall penalty you conceded. I don't know whether you've had the chance to look and confirm that or not, Kev. Have you? Is it too I've early? I've not had a full chance to have a look at it yeah, yet. But I, I was, I was I waiting for him to do the VAR thing <laughs> up in your direction. <laughs> I, I do know the one we got given for us was definitely a penalty. Looking yeah. at that one. <laughs> It was, wasn't it? Mate, you seem pretty happy where we are off off yeah. the pitch as well. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I mean you don't get to you don't get to use the words debt free when you're talking about Darling Football Club very often, so to hear that is is amazing news and uh, testament to all the work that's gone in um off the pitch as well as on it. Um we now need, I guess, to to build on that. Um, you know, become profitable, um, get the numbers in, watching the games, carry on performing as well as we have been um, towards the back end of last season, and just uh, and just do as well as we can this season on the pitch now to match the performance off it. And I'll tell you what, as well, we could do worse than asking him to pop his boots on if we do get shot in defence <laughs> after his performance today. <laughs> he love you saying that, Mike. Yeah, I mean progress has been progress has been made. Mike touched on it there, but we need more uh, gates in the, the attendances. Um, they, were, they, they were a bit lower last season than they were the previous year. I don't think they were th th coming back home to Blackwell coming back to the town they didn't have the desired effect if you like didn't quite boost the attendances as hoped so that is something to work on I think that uh, I mean I know last season some of the players and Tommy were going into schools and helping to try and stir up a bit, bit of interest uh, but ultimately it's a winning it's a winning team you need that that helps but, but having said that uh, you've also got Blackwell Meadows and the, uh, and the whole sightline issue as well so there's there are some people who not entirely pleased with with that aspect, and there's only so much you can do do with this ground. But ultimately, all you can do is try and win matches, and hopefully, people take notice and come down and see you. Absolutely, I think that's the case, isn't it? At least on the one hand, we've got a firm basis to start budgeting from at least now, because we've had a full season here, so we'll have a you know we always hope for more, but at least there's no kind of unpredictability. And, and a lot of last season we were down near the bottom as well. Yeah. It was it was, it was a tough watch at times in that I autumn period. I don't want to go back there. Very happy in April May if we're sat here and we haven't had any of the turbulence and any of the difficulty that we had last season with you know manager changes fighting at the wrong end of the table and so on. Um, let's just have a nice settled season with a good squad fighting at the right end of the table. Very good. Make very good. Money. I think Craig mentioned Blackwell. I, I know there's still issues with Blackwell. I think everybody realises that. But, you know, if people came for that first Halifax game, were disappointed with it and for whatever reason didn't come back. And I would say, do you know what? Give us a second chance because it, it has improved. You know, we've we've got those extra seats in, which I do think makes massive a difference. massive difference. It actually starts to look like a football ground a bit now. So I would say anyone who's listening who hasn't been down since then, I know it's unlikely because people who are going to be listening to this podcast are generally going to be people who are coming through the gates week in, week out. But do you know what? If, if you haven't been down for a while, give us another chance. Yeah. I mean, even the people who are listening will know people who, for one reason or another, aren't coming. And I guess I, I would urge you to, to try and talk those people into, as Kev said, you know, give us another go. 
Um, even the subtle things like um, the, the dugouts are having the names taken off to try and improve the sight lines through those. You know, we're doing everything we can, I would say. And uh, and I think, you know, if you come down, hopefully you'll be entertained on the pitch and you'll be able to see what's going on. So please well, try again. If you get those two things right, being entertained and being able to see it, then you're probably a bit further ahead than we were at times at the beginning. So that's a step forward as well, isn't it? Absolutely. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, let's, let's see where that goes. Talking about a nice uh, afternoon, as you mentioned, a nice experience. Uh, we had the Legends game, of course, uh, very recently. Uh, that was interesting. I'm not sure the Legends were uh, quite as physically uh, in uh, strong as they uh, as the Darlington first team were, but it was a good run out and it was a good afternoon as well, wasn't it? Kev, you enjoyed that? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a, it was a good exhibition, wasn't it, really? It, was, it wasn't really a friendly as such, but it, it was an exhibition. And, uh, you know, it was nice to run in a few goals and there was a couple of belters in there as well, wasn't there? One from Tom Worm, one from... Is it Henshaw, Henshaw as well? Two absolute belting goals. If, if you get a chance to watch them in the highlights, do because they're ab two absolutely terrific goals. I hope you in the highlights. I hope you're going to get in Tommy Wright's elbow on Mickey Gray, which was remarkable, by the way, for a friendly game. Right in front of your camera as well. We'll, 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 we'll definitely have a look for that, and if it's in there, we'll, we'll make a big fuss about it because we, we don't want stuff like that. Oh, it's, it's stamped out the game. I, I imagine that you'll be getting a, a ban from the FA, a retrospective ban from the football. <laughs> Seriously, he didn't catch him though. Yeah, yeah, Mickey Gray went down. And was, he took a while to get up, I noticed that. There was words said. I don't know what how it came about. Uh, I don't know what had been said beforehand. Was it retaliation? Was it revenge? I'm not quite sure. Where it came from, it was a bit out of keeping with, with the rest of the game, really. Uh, I, I get the impression there might have been a bit of needle before that. Uh, yeah, where, 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 from when, though? What I'm, point I'm not entirely sure, but I think, you know what, if, if you're a player, and you, regardless of what level you're playing at or what type of game you're playing, if you're give, you're, you know, if you're dishing a bit out, then you're going to get some back, especially from, you know, Tommy. Yeah, well, there was that. And there was also, I enjoyed the moment when Gabbiadini was twisting and turning in the box, nearly scored. Having said that, what was JJ Koch doing taking penalties off Gabby Adini? That was uh, yeah, that was missing mm. the moment that one, wasn't it? What a fool! That is. would have been biggest cheer in the ground if Gabby Adini had, uh, had, had yeah. scored anything. And yeah. Tinche were booing him, and I don't think Koch realised why they were booing him. Gabby Adini should have elbowed him out of the way. He's big enough; he can. <laughs> he could have shoved him out of the way. No one's going to stop him. And and in the end, Koch missed his second penalty, so that was he deserved that later on. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with that. And it was nice to see some of the players, Michael, wasn't it, from uh, previous Darlington seasons go on? Or you got some good friendships with some of those guys from doing the away commentaries and things like that. It was nice to see some of those fans' favourites back from the last few years. Absolutely. Christina bagging a goal again, and he seemed to celebrate that pretty well. Uh, Robbie Painter getting up front again. That's uh, always nice to see. Steve Foster playing the ball out from the back, a la Harry Maguire. All good to see. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been a, it was an enjoyable game. It was good, wasn't it? And... Uh, it's a shame about the weather because obviously we had mm. weather warnings and all sorts going out, which meant that the attendance was, I think, 1,400 on the end of the day, wasn't it? I think there'd have been a whole bunch more of that if it had been a glorious summer's day, but it, it's unfortunate that the conditions were so bad. It's dried up now. It's typical, isn't it? But uh, yeah, so, 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 so it's a good day. It's a glorious summer, so and then so. the one game that uh, that's you know you would hope we'd attract the big crowd for because you know the novelty of the day and everything, and it absolutely pours down all day. But there you go. A good, a good afternoon. The Marathon Met guys were great. We had uh, Moose, Ian Abrahams and Mark Lawrenson kicking us off duties today, using our gear and standing on there and uh, doing the best commentary that they could. So it was nice for them to learn, I mean, for us to learn from the experts. <laughs> and uh, after the game, we were able to catch up with some of those legends and ask them what they'd thought of the day. Right, and here we are with Tez, <laughs> man from the past, Graham Armstrong and Amar Pural. 
did you enjoy the game, gents? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You enjoyed it. Um, obviously, uh, it's good to play against you know top of the top elite. Who were you marking? Uh, Who were you marking? I was marking the big fella Yakubu. Yakubu. Uh, Don't know how much money, how many millions of pounds have been oh, spent on that man. Scary, isn't it? Scary. That's a big strong man he is. Plenty of muscle on him as well, I'm sure. Yeah, did, yeah. You, did you manage to lean into him? Well, yeah, for most of the game. At one point he come across us and I grabbed me top and I thought, oh, I'm knackered, yeah. <laughs> Tried to push him out of the way but it wasn't happening. And Graham, back yep. at Darling and again, lovely to see you all. Love yep. to see you. Yep. Uh, who are you up against? Um, I basically played on the weakest link, hopefully. Stubbs, Alan Stubbs. <laughs> the heaviest lad, so I could try and he's the only one I could run around. Oh, that's right. Um, I think we saw your turn of pace. You tried to Well, say... my turn of pace, or his lack of turn of pace, uh, one of the two. Um, it was a golden as, moment. As long as I got around his arm, I was all right. You he looked, held me there. You looked like, uh, yeah, you saying bolt for a little, for five seconds. As I'll you, take that. As you yeah, past him. I'll take that. It was yeah. wonderful. And Amar, talk us through that miss. <laughs> <laughs> Offside was enough. <laughs> it was offside. <laughs> we can ride it off. Yeah. How are you doing these days, Amar? I'm good. Hey, where are you playing these days? West Auckland. West Auckland, oh, very good. Are you still playing for the, is it the Punjab? Yeah, yeah, just been. You just get into been in the tournament there, so finishing the quarterfinals. You get into some exotic locations. Just it was London this year, so. Oh, right. Enjoyable. You're not getting to get to go over, over nah, in the, maybe into in, Asia? Maybe in a couple of years. Oh, very good, very good. All right, gents, well, thank you very much for that. Yeah. And uh, lovely to see you all. Thanks for that. How did you enjoy your day here in Darlington? Enjoyed the day. I didn't enjoy the, the scoreline too much, but uh, yeah, no, it was a good day and uh, it's all a bit of good fun in it for the, for everyone and uh, enjoyed enjoyed playing again. Absolutely. Now, say out of the legends team, you look one of the fitter legends out there. I'd say you're still playing a little bit. Not really. You know, I, um, I'd like to play a bit more, but the, the body don't like it afterwards. It's the next three or four days that it hurts. I can actually do it on the day, but. Um, I'm not sure I'll enjoy the next few days coming up. And if you were to look at the Legends team there, would you say that there are any of them might still have a little bit in their locker? I think if you look at it, uh, I'll say Jeremy Aliadier could, could probably still play. I think he's 35, but he still looks sharp to me. Uh, Georgie Botang still spraying it around out there as well, so yeah, a few of them. And the last thing, most important thing, did you enjoy the game? I did enjoy the game, yeah, enjoyed the game. Uh, it's always good to... The only thing is you, you forget that uh, your brain wants to do it, but your body's not interested. So, uh, But other than that, no, it was, it was a good day. Enjoyed it. Great stuff. Thanks very much for coming up. We enjoy Hope to see you again soon. Thanks very much. Thanks. To pull on the Darlow shirt one more time. Oh, fantastic. Had a really good time. Yeah, it was nice to play uh, for Darlington again. Enjoyed it. And playing against some illustrious defenders as well. Yes, very good defenders. Um, a little bit it's, uh, overweight, a few of them, but uh, <laughs> very good with the ball, very good, good players, yeah. It's good to see. That's some good football in there. Did you manage to get a, sh to get a shot? I think, I might. I think I got a touch, I think. <laughs> no, I think I got a couple of uh, half chances, I think, but uh, yeah. I think it was only on the pitch about 15, 20 minutes, but it was, you know, it's worth it. And your first visit to Blackwell Meadow? Yeah, it is, quite like it. Pitch looks nice, ground looks nice, so we're uh, wet. onwards, yeah. You need to be wet, I think they're great. Grass is a bit long, so I'm glad it rained today. It is a bit long. But thank you very much, Robbie. I think our fans have loved to see you. So there we are. It was nice to hear from some of the legends that were playing in the Marathon Bet Non-League Challenge. Of course, Darlington got £20,000 for Reece celebration. He got a hat-trick on the day as well, which was uh, good to see. And I think everybody had a good day all round. But now that's over with, we can all start looking forward to the season ahead, which starts uh, on August the 4th, next Saturday, with a home game against Kurz and Ashton. And to uh, help us get our heads round the busy August spell, we asked Simon Hahn uh, to take a look at what August has in store for us and some of the clubs that will be playing through that period. We start off the season with a very 
a packed month of games in August with seven games, some against those expected to be relegated or in a relegation battle, but also some very tough games against those who will be expecting the challenging for the title and the, the playoffs as well. We start at home at Curzon Ashton, which on paper isn't a bad game to start with, but traditionally we have struggled against Curzon over in the Evo Stick Leagues and in the National North League. Um, they haven't made many changes over the summer. Uh, Michael Clark's the main signing they've brought in from Stockport, but again, overall in the season, I would expect them to, to be in the bottom half towards the relegation zone. After that, we have four very tough games. Uh, away trips to Spennymoor, Brackley and Kidderminster with a home game against Blythe sandwiched in between. It's four games that really will sort of set how our start to the season will be. Um, you could you could make arguments for picking up a lot of positive results from these games, but also you could also see you struggling to pick up any win a, a win from these four, um, and it really could shape the early early months of the season. Spennymoor have made some on paper very good signings. Uh, Adam Boys and Rob Atkinson have joined from Bradford Park Avenue, and if they can sort out the the problems that they had at the back end of last season in defence and in goal. Spennymoor could be a real force in this league this year. Likewise, Brackley, so close, um, losing out in the playoff final. They had a great run winning the FA Trophy. I think they'll be up there again this season. Uh, Blythe, unsure how they'll go, to be honest. Um, they haven't strengthened as much as Spennymoor have. One of the players they've brought in is Bradley Fuster, who we were linked with, and then he ended up at Spennymoor last year, but he Never worked for him. Never worked for him at all. Um, and a, a way to kid him still will always be tough. The bank holiday weekend could be crucial. Again, we play the uh, two of the three promoted sides: Altrincham at home and then Ashton United away. Both of whom I think will will be right in the thick of a relegation battle this season. Um, but either way, we've got a nice mixture of games in the first month. Some against the sides who you'd expect to be at the bottom. Some at the big expect to be at the top. So it should be a good good indication of how we're going to do this season. Um, with the division overall, I think the last two seasons we had Fylde two years ago and then Salford last season, who were the clear favourites both times to win the league. This year there isn't sort of a standout team who you would expect to run away with it. There's seven, eight, nine, ten teams who all will think expect themselves to have a chance at the title or at least pushing towards the playoffs. Uh, as I mentioned, I think Brackley and Spennymoor will both be up there. Kidderminster again, they've been in the playoffs for the last couple of seasons. Um, but my, my two teams that I'd pick out would be Stockport and Chester. Stockport are expecting to go full-time next summer. So I would expect them to put a lot of financial uh, support into the team to try and push them on a promotion this, this year to set them in place for 12 months' time. Um, as Chester... As with Chester, with teams who come down, it's hard to predict how they're going to do. We saw North Ferby and Southport struggle last year. Um, I don't think that'll be the case for them at all. Brought in two managers who we all know very well from Salford, and they've brought in a lot of players who have played under them previously at Salford. A lot of players who know this league very well, and I think that experience from managers and the players that they've got could see them in the top couple of places. Um, at the other end of the table... As I already mentioned, I think uh, the promotion sides 
promoted sides, particularly Ashton United, will struggle this season. They're probably the smallest team in the division on paper. Um, and without having any real major signings coming, I think they'll they'll, they'll struggle. Altrincham, they've they've signed a couple of ex uh, Salford players, James Poole and Jordan Hume, who have, have experience again at this level. And I think their their squad is just that step up from a few of the other sides near the bottom. I think that should see them to safety. Of the teams who were down there last season. Most of them you could expect to be down there again. Um, Southport have heavily, heavily invested, so they struggled last year. I can't see them being in that position this year. If anything, they could be an outsider for the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect Leamington and FC United to be in the thick of it again. Leamington last year did very well to stay in the division. They haven't really made any major signings, and the same with FC United. Um, FC United... Struggled early on, had a great run in the middle of the season when Tom Greaves took over as player manager, but they fell away and nearly nearly ended up relegated at the end of the season. Uh, and the other one I would throw in there it would be would be Telford. They've been right in the thick of it the last two seasons and have only only just survived. So thanks for that, Simon. So Simon taking a look there, uh, what looks like a really busy August, as well as throwing his hat in the ring for who he thinks he'll be there or thereabouts in the prizes come the end of the season. And the one thing that you take from listening to Simon's roundup of August, there's an awful lot of games, isn't it? It's a flying start to the season. I think it usually is in this division. I think they like to get these games out of the way early to avoid any issues, late, well, try and avoid any issues later in the season when matches are postponed. So they get matches played in the evenings when, when the weather's fine. Unlike apart from on Sunday for the uh, for the Legends game, but um, yeah, we've got seven games and three the first three away games catch my eye straight away: Spennymoor, Brackley, and Kidderminster. All teams which will be a playoff competing for promotion in the playoffs. Very tough matches, tough start of the season. Yeah, Mike, you're normally on our away microphone almost all the time, if not all the time. Which of those away games uh, have got your your juices flowing, or are there any of them that you're worried about? Well, Brackley's quite far away, so I have to make sure I've got the car charged. But um, Brackley were the big one, isn't it? Because they were the near, they were unlucky not to have gone up. To be honest, with, uh, with the playoffs set final against uh, Harrogate, so I don't doubt they will be on all fires to try and get up again this season. Kidderminster, new manager, it's a bit of an unknown quantity with them, and I think they've sold one of their strikers to somebody. He got a decent move, so you don't know. Kidderminster is a new uh, proposition. Spenny. Well, I just signed, uh, what's his name, the striker, Craig? Adam Boys. Adam Boys. Although, whether he's slightly at the other end of his career or not, I'm not sure. But So that should be an interesting game to watch. But And the two derbies, you've got Spennymore and Blythe in the same, in one month. Be interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Mike, any any thoughts on those uh, fixes? Any 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 of those teams that you're particularly worried about? Uh, it's a tough beginning of the it's a tough beginning of the season. Um, I think it's difficult when you're at the start of the season because a lot of squads have undergone a lot of change. Um, you know, some with players coming in and out, especially with us. Um, the revolving door's been going at quite a speed at uh, the early part of pre-season. Um, other teams have changed manager as well. Um, I'm just looking forward to it getting underway. To be honest, um, as nice as the World Cup was. Um, It'll be just nice to just get back into Blackwell Meadows and, and see Darlow play again. Absolutely. And Kev, do you think that'll be a problem this year? That the fact that we've had the revolving door, we've had lots of players in, lots of players out. If I think back to the first game of last season, we maybe caught Salford 
on the opposite end of that, didn't we? We've made a lot of change. Yeah, I think it is a tough start to the season, but it doesn't necessarily define how the rest of the season's going to go. Because um, we, we saw that last season, we started like a house on fire, didn't we? Win three or four games on the bounce early on. And then, you know, as, as the opening couple of months drifted on, it, it kind of fell apart a little bit. So the, the opening month of the season doesn't necessarily define how the rest of it's going to go. So it it is a tough start, but you might think, looking at the, the likes of Spelly, Brackley, um, who else is aware? Kidderminster. Kidderminster aware. You, you might look at those three fixtures and you know what? Get them out of the way early doors. So, yeah, it's an interesting start the season. I'm, I'm not too overly worried, but at the same time, we'll, we'll just plod on and see how you get on, don't you? And all the action starts with a home game against Kurz and Ashton uh, on Saturday. And that's a tricky one, isn't it? In the sense that when people are looking at that August fixture list, they're going to look at some tough away games and they're going to look at Kurz and Ashton and think, oh, we've got to get points in that one. But Kurz and Ashton are no mugs either. Uh, so it's not the easiest of, of starts, I don't think. No, not the easiest of starts. Um, Darton don't think we do well against Kershaw more as well over the years, bizarrely. Uh, we won down there at the beginning of the season two years ago, I think it was. Mon- was it a Monday night game? Uh, Liam Hardy scored. Um, yeah, we shall, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It, w- it will be a difficult start. And like Kevin just said there, it doesn't really mean a lot if you start the season badly or if it does start well because as I say 12 months ago we started well and ultimately it unravelled I imagine there'll be I, I can see Darton having a slow start to the season partly because of the fixtures they play and also because it's a brand new team almost Tommy has built a new team there'll be a new formation to deal with uh, there might be a bit of chopping and changing that's just natural at the beginning of the season where you're trying to find a winning formula so I think we can expect a bit of that I don't think we'll hit the ground running. That's what I'm trying to say. I think it'll be a bit of chopping and changing uh, until Tommy finds what works and what doesn't work. Of course, pre-season, you do a bit of that, but yeah, proper matches, um, players aren't at the, at the best. So we shall, I don't know, uh, I think it'll be difficult, a difficult August. That's what I'm expecting. Very good. Cursion's a tough one to open. Like, like Craig says, we don't really have the best of form against them over the last few years, but... Uh, we beat them when they came down here last season, didn't we? One 0 fairly late on, if I recall correctly. So, do you know what? We'll we'll take it as it comes. I think, uh, like Craig says, you you've just got to hope for the best and just you play that many games during August. It's a case of getting them playing to see see how many points you can break in and then go from there, isn't it really? Very good. Well, the one thing that we do know, if you're listening to this uh, the week before the season, is we'll all be here. We'll all be here for the home game against uh, Kurz and Ashton. We hope you are too. And I think that brings us about to the end of this pre-season Darlow Fans Radio podcast as I look left and right to see whether I've forgotten anything obvious that I should have mentioned. Do you want some trivia? Do you want, do you want to end on some uh, trivia? You know what? I was just thinking what we really would set this off as if we could end on some trivia. What you should do is go, but we'll do it. I should have asked this at the start and then could give the answer at the end. So we'll start again now. We've had a warm-up. <laughs> Let's start Last time Darlington started the season at home in Darlington. The last time Darlington started the season at home in Darlington was against. Uh, was against. I don't know. Who was it against? Completely forgettable. Oh, uh, Braintree. Beat Braintree at home. 2011. After the trophy final. The season after the trophy final. Liam Hatch scored. Completely, you wouldn't remember it, completely irrelevant, but a bit of trivia for you. You can share that with your friends and family in the pub tonight. 
the speaks. Made your friends. Do, you want, do you want some more? I'm not finished. Well, they're, they're if they're anything the like that, then no. <laughs> Last time we started the <laughs> season at home was at Heritage Park. Yeah. Was the game that got abandoned because Sean, Ra- uh, Sean Reid was his team having off. a good cry in Windsor and Moan because his team was losing and the referee was injured. And it was World War Three, and the game wasn't didn't reach half time. I think it was half an hour. It was called off, and Darlin got the points six weeks later. Or something we were like two 0 up, weren't we already? Yeah, two 0 Mitchell and Pure Wall scored. Um, so yeah, more trivia. Tell your friends and family that one. I'm sure they'll be interested. And if you'd all like this to become a regular section, it's at Darlow Fans Radio. Yeah, yeah. On Twitter, what we're going to call it? Craig's Trivia Corner. Yeah, I'd be careful. I just call it vague reminiscences of the past, something yeah. like that, because. <laughs> prone to be incorrect numerous uh, occasionally so you know very good Craig thanks for that and uh, Craig didn't mention but his memoirs will be available on Amazon very soon uh, Life in the Fast Lane of a, a Year of Football Trivia by Craig Stoddart coming to all good bookstores soon yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is it from, from your team here at Darlow Fans Radio we hope you enjoyed the podcast we very much hope that you enjoy the season ahead and as we mentioned there all kicks off next Saturday August the 4th at home to Curzon and Ashton we'll be there all the commentary in the usual places as ever. Uh, Enjoy the last few days of your summer break.